How do we get so many days on snow? We are snow fiends, so we do whatever needs to be done to get on that snow. We've done and continue to do some pretty gnarlicious things for our fix. We bring to you working for that snow. Does this mean we finally know how to zoom? I wish I drank tequila. I'm gonna dip and go ski if my sister says we're going to Mammoth. I'm gonna go to Mammoth. <laughs> Yeah, so we're going to call this episode V-Bags, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I love that. Okay, starting now. What's good? This podcast is brought to you by the Elevated Locals Media Company Lifestyle Brand. At Elevated Locals, you can find Snow Stories, which are snow adventures featuring snow locals and snow destinations. You can find collections of art and their creators discovered along our travels and product collabs we make with these artists. And when the world is ready to high five again, you will find us throwing events like fundraisers, shred days, and art shows. Okay, so uh, today we have designer and illustrator Brian Zager who lives in Bend and he rides 360 degrees around our favorite volcano, Bachelor. Um, what's up, Brian? Just uh, excited to be on a podcast. This is my first one. So um, I was just talking today how I have a buddy who we've kind of talked about trying to do a podcast years ago and it never happened, but I've always liked the idea. So now it's happening. It's happening. You have a really good radio voice. Oh, wow. That's a, a first. I've, I've announced some uh, USASA contests before and uh, found kind of a talent there that I didn't know about. People thought I was pretty good on the mic. So didn't know I could do that, but I can. So, Oh, man. Well, speaking of which, you have an event coming up, the yep. Snake Run Rally. That's right. Will you be announcing that? Uh, unfortunately, no. There's not really too much to announce, but... Um, I do give a solid writer's meeting and a a good uh, (laughs) awards kind of speech at the end. Thank yous, all that. Thanks to sponsors. Thank everybody for riding, that kind of deal. What's the event like? It's a hand-dug bank slalom. So snowboard only, just windy kind of hell ride of a course, but uh, manageable for all skill levels. Just some people might have a harder time than others, but it's, it's kind of just fun for everybody. Is the event at Bachelor? Um, it's at Hoodoo this year. Oh, cool. Uh, this is our first time doing it actually at a resort. Uh, the past two of them that we've done, we've just kind of done in the woods, uh, kind of like alley cat style, just super underground, just go out and dig a course and then kind of word of mouth, get people out there. Sweet. So in the past, if the official, like if the police showed up, would you have to run? Uh, there's not really a whole lot of places to go. Definitely kind of thought about it. Um, more likely it would be forest service who shows up. Um, and yeah, luckily we've never kind of had to deal with that, but, um, you know, it's just kind of one of those things where it just coincidence that we found the snake run and a hundred people showed up to ride it on the same day. So I don't know what they would say. (laughs) Where where am I? (laughs) Right. I used to go to raves in Miami, uh, like kind of out in the Everglades, and they were totally illegal. And when the police would show up, we would just all run. And then like like, a college every- party. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you got to you know, it keeps you in shape. 
keeps yeah. you on your toes. Awesome. So can you say, um, explain exactly like how it goes down and how people win and, and just basically all of it? Yeah. So it kind of just starts with a course build and me and, uh, my partners in the race, uh, my friend, Johnny Cisco and Ian Smith, we go out, we kind of scope an area. And then, uh, it kind of starts with trying to just like ride a line in. I don't know if you've ever seen like kind of the wiggles that appear in the spring at the resorts. It kind of starts like that. And just trying to make one of those by riding the same line over and over again. And then, um, just once you kind of got your lay of the course, just hand shoveling and kind of manicuring and building the berms up so that you can really, um, whip up some speed going around them. Um, and then day of is just, uh, kind of, it's just like a cool hangout by the course. It, everybody's kind of cheering everybody on, but it's one at a time, just totally, uh, just timed runs. Everybody gets two runs and it's kind of your best one counts that way. If you go flying off the course or you mess up, it's not, you're not penalized. You just want to get like one solid run down um, and then awards. And this year we're going to have like a big um, kind of sponsor village. So we'll have uh, three creeks is going to be pouring beer. We got fourth uh, go, I think go forth drinks. They're like really red canned artisanal cocktails. So they're going to be setting up and then tactics will be there. And uh, my buddy's got a noodle cart called side hustle noodle. So we're going to actually, this will be the first time we actually have kind of like a event village-esque thing kind of going on. What about tunes? Um, somebody will bring a speaker, I'm sure. We thought about maybe trying to get a band or something, but uh, it's just one of those things where it's another thing to add to the list of all the things that we have to do to kind of make the event happen. So um, I'm sure there'll be music in some capacity. Just don't really know what that looks like yet the fastest down the course or are there like style points or like if you were to do it on your belly would you get extra points <laughs> it's it's definitely fastest down um we do have divisions though so we have kind of a it's like men's open women's open that's all ages um we have kind of a grom division that's new um and that's 13 and under it's not a super popular category yet but hopefully it'll grow um and then we have kind of a genderless open division called the speed demons um and that's kind of just if you think you're fast doesn't matter like race that one kind of just for anybody who wants to like kind of go for it all um and then depending on who shows up last year we had kind of a makeshift pro category because Austin Smith and Curtis Cezic showed up and kind of blew the pack out by a few seconds. So it didn't really seem fair to kind of lump them in with everybody else. So they got uh, smeared off ice trophies and everybody else got real trophies and some cash. (laughs) (laughs) Improv there. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's insane. Like, to see what those guys can do. Like you see why they get paid to snowboard because it's kind of a really good like baseline for anybody who can ride a snowboard. Anybody can make it down our course, but then, you know, you really see who can turn the best, I guess. That's awesome. Do you have tips? Like, do you visualize? Uh, kind of once you're in, you kind of black out. <laughs> uh, um, there's, you know, people, there's kind of the waxing race where, who can wax the best. I personally think waxing is a myth. Scraping is a myth. You don't have to ever do any of that. Um, 
there's people who are probably hot boxing their snowboards right now, trying to get them race ready. But I think it's, um, the biggest bit, like my biggest tips are ride kind of a setback board short and kind of stiff, um, because you want something shorter that will kind of sit in the tight turns nicely. If it's too long, it won't really like compress into the turn, but then you also want to stiff and cambered so that when you come out of the turn, your board kind of holds its power and will shoot you out a little faster. If you're ever in like a soggy board, you know, it kind of like doesn't want to stay going too fast. <laughs> soggy what <are> you, board. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. What are you riding for the race when you run the course? Um, in the past, um, kind of different every year, depending on what I got. But uh, one year, snow plant, like snow planks, who I kind of have a partnership with out here, they make some really cool shapes. So generally, I'm riding their Model A, which is a stiff, all-mountain directional board. Um, a, a few years ago, they made this board called the Cascade Edition. That was, it was a 146 with a 26 waist. So it was kind of a short fat. And that thing, I mean, I, I think I did the best I've ever done at a Dirksen Derby on that board. So um yeah definitely directional if you try like people will ride twin tips but it feels really weird if you have too much tail going down like a bank salt like a tight bank salt i think that makes i i guess i never really thought about it but i always do the best in the wiggle and like my old snow plank that was like a 146 it was like tiny tiny tail yeah and if it's like a good broken in board it definitely is easier to ride but if you're trying to compete and go fast that you, you want something that's a little stiffer and poppier. So what's the deal with, um, those dudes, they make their boards out of bamboo that they grow themselves. They don't grow the bamboo themselves. They buy them as, um, they're kind of, they kind of come in like, like big, they're not laminate, but they're like these big panels. Um, and they actually mill them out. They get about three cores per like bamboo panel. Imagine like a big rectangle, um, and now they're putting some, like a poplar stringer in there. And so you, you mix the woods and it kind of, uh, adds a little extra kind of stability and pop and it helps the bamboo hold its shape a little bit better once it's in the press. Um, a lot of, like a lot of company, pretty much every snowboard company has tried bamboo at some point, but, um, snow planks was kind of like, this is, you know, really sustainable material it's poppy it's lively and they kind of tried to take it to that next level and um through trial and error they kind of have their current product which i think is the best rendition of it which is kind of the hybrid bamboo with some other wood kind of stringers in there and then you paint them i don't paint them personally i paint i painted my own but uh yeah we we did um, kind of a plastic top sheet this year, and I designed all those top sheets, kind of gave each board its own like personality, um, which was really cool. And uh, the, the plastic top sheet's just a lot more durable. It, you can bang it up. I mean, it's a definitely a higher price point of a board, so you want some durability when you're kind of dropping in that type of money on a snowboard. That makes sense. How long have you been working with them? I think I want to I say like five or six years now. So we've gone through some pretty wild renditions of, um, their, their boards. Um, a lot of stuff we found out that didn't work so well. And a lot of stuff that is some of the best I've ever written. So, um, yeah, it's cool to see where they've really gotten to at this point. Yeah. Did you ever do their demos at bachelor? Uh, I never read them. I was usually there probably hanging out or heckling people, but I've never, um, run a demo. 
I feel like I have an old video with your face in it um, from like of 2017, like when I demoed, <laughs> it was like a powder day and um, I was filming it. And like you present the board to me, like, like on your knee, like with the, with it up like this, I don't know. I'll find the footage. It sounds like something I might do. I don't know. Those are, they were usually like sunny spring days. So we we're having a good time. Huh? But we need a receipt on that. <laughs> yeah. Maybe, maybe it's a memory I have. <laughs> Come up with a, a video that's like really badly Photoshopped his face. And like, hey. we're like, we know that's not him. Yeah, it, was, it was me. Look, Bruce. <laughs> It's, it's happening. It's happening. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 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 sorry, I got us all lost. Let's talk more about art. Tell us more about your art. Yeah. Um, right now, I've had some of my prints. Uh, basically, I've been just trying to concentrate on making a lot of my own stuff. Um, realizing that my style is definitely not... Um, fine art or high art if you will maybe some people like to call it gallery art um so i really like to kind of just uh make cool graphic images and sell prints um so a lot of my stuff is print based whether it's digital or screen printed um but i currently have had some work up at a bar downtown called velvet for the past i want to say year and a half now um just definitely things have just been crazy with uh kind of COVID and all that. So it was a lot easier to just leave my stuff up than to uh, swap it out with a different artist every month like they used to. Um, so that's been really cool. Currently I'm working on trying to create some new stuff um, to show at the One Moto Show in Portland, which is a big custom motorcycle show. Um, and usually they bring in a bunch of artists to kind of hang stuff as like a compliment to everything. So I did that last year and I'll do that again this year. You paint and you do illustration like yeah on the computer. yeah <laughs> yeah well so all my stuff is hand-drawn um i normally it's colored digitally so i have a lot of tools i use like an ipad with a pencil and um but i try to at least get some ink on paper for every piece that i make Sweet. yeah do you do tattoos i do not um i designed a couple tattoos um i don't have any tattoos which is more and more rare these days. Yeah. Um, but people will hit me up for a tattoo and I basically tell them, I will draw a tattoo for you, but you're going to pay for it twice because, you know, there's a lot of, you're going to go get it tattooed. You're going to pay to have it tattooed. Um, and there's a lot of talented tattoo artists out there who will draw something really rad for you. So I try to steer people away from that. Um, but if they really want me to draw something i'm i'm always down i really appreciate the art of tattoo and i really like um traditional looking tattoos a lot like sailor jerry kind of ed hardy looking stuff um i just really like that aesthetic so it has an influence on me but it's not a world that i've really gotten into just i wouldn't get tattooed by somebody with no, no tattoos so <laughs> i don't know what it feels like I would I would definitely get some of your work as tattoos like the skeleton holding the fish yeah I love that I love that so much or like if I have a friend who only gets ridiculous tattoos and I bet he would get like the do you speak mitten oh yeah <laughs> so, I haven't seen so, that one tattooed yet <laughs> yeah so Brian has this piece that's all different hand gestures that are in mittens and it's just like different shapes of the mitten um I don't know we'll put a link in our 
in the bio of this. Yeah, understanding Mitten. It's kind of like uh, like how to how to read people's hand signals when even when they got mittens on. So, <laughs> what what Mitten hand signal do you use the most? Oh man, probably the come over here. <laughs> I, I I tend to you know know where I want to go. I'm on the hill, so I'm trying to get everybody to follow me. Um, I like the rock on one, but you know, it, it really doesn't look like anything in real life when you've got a mitten on your hand. Oh, uh, speaking of come over here the other day, Mary found a dead crow. Um, and I'm like shooting on the hill and she's like, get over here, get over here. And I get over there and she's like ripping this dead crow out of the ground. Um, and then we had, we buried it. Have you ever, oh, found it? have you ever found a dead anything when you're riding oh, around? I've never uh, kept any of them, but uh, I had a buddy who had taxidermy birds he found. And so I always thought that was kind of cool. But um, yeah, and I've never kept anything, but <laughs> kind of bound to run into some dead stuff. It was like, it, I just saw like feathers sticking out of the snow. And so I started like digging at it and then it was like the whole bird just like half buried. Yeah, that's, yeah, must have like fallen out of a tree, I guess. My cousin cut a squirrel, a chipmunk in half years ago at Stowe with a ski, wow. which I always thought was crazy because I thought about the possibility of that happening. But um, yeah, especially like all my friends who have dogs, all their dogs have been run over at some point by a snowboard and I don't have any, a dog or a pet or anything. So I'm always just like stressed out with that. But yeah, it happens. And it's always, you know, always a bummer. Yuri, have you ever hit any of your animals with your snowboard? No, no. And then I was just trying to wrap my head around a squirrel being hit by skis. Like, that's pretty metal. Um, that blew Chopped in half. Now. Completely parted. <laughs> no explosion. This, I think this was like in the early 90s. So, I mean, just just kind of the, uh, the smear, the red smear in the, in the snow after that. But it sounds like your, your dogs are a lot smarter. Stay out of the way. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're good at clearing space and um, breaking in the, the hiking trail. That's good. That's and perfect. I don't have to run them over. <laughs> yeah. I didn't know this was a common occurrence that everybody's just like hating their dogs all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's so many dogs. It's bound to happen. <laughs> Here we go. Yeah. Oops, not again. <laughs> uh, so um, you say that you're not high art, but you are an in-house artist for a dispensary. Yeah, contracts, um, kind of just when they need me rather than them having an in-house artist. So I do contract work for Tokyo Starfish, which is uh, the local shop here. There's actually have three shops now and there's one in Salem, but um, basically just started by all snowboard industry guys. So it was a really easy fit and uh, we kind of built a partnership over the years that works out really well. Um, just one of those companies where I don't really have to work too hard to understand the brand because it's kind of all my same aesthetics and design senses as well. So it's really fun designing for them. They don't, um, they're definitely not in your face with the whole weed thing. It's definitely more about, you know, kind of skateboard, snowboard culture, um, but kind of, you know, the target market's everybody 21 and over. So it's a broad uh broad you know audience to design for what kind of skating are you into skateboarding yeah like who influences you oh man um 
That's a loaded question. Definitely grew up like street skateboarding, kind of like the whole like American team, Andrew Reynolds. Um, you know, I used to love like Corey Duffel just because he was such a punk rocker and would hit the biggest stuff. Um, then I move out to Oregon and then you really got to start to embrace kind of the concrete bowl transition scene. So, I mean, dudes like Grant Taylor and I shot kind of their all-terrain killers. So it's like, I've always thought that that was the coolest stuff to watch. I, I feel the same way about snowboarding, like anyone too specialized. It's like, you know, at what point does it stop being snowboarding and you're just like, you're a rail rider or a jumper or something. So with skateboarding and snowboarding, I think it's cool. You got to just kind of do everything. Yeah. I don't think anyone does it to be put in a box. Like totally. Um, like what about like graphic wise, like what skate decks or even snowboards, like what stands out to you in terms of influences? Oh, well, I would say that like some of my favorite artists and illustrators are going to come from that skate background. Dudes like Mark McKee, who did kind of all the world industries characters in the nineties and, um, Todd Bratrud is, is, uh, he had a brand called high five. He's done so much stuff. Um, uh, but Todd Francis is definitely, uh, somebody I look up to. He does kind of a lot of the anti-hero graphics. He did the anti-hero Eagle. Um, and, but he's got such a broad style so he can draw everything from, you know, anti-hero graphics to amazing like spot illustration and, and realist kind of illustration, which is really cool. So it's, you know, kind of another one of those things where someone who can do everything really well, I, it's just something that is kind of mind blowing to me. I'm just like, I don't, I don't know how you do that. Just classically, you know, good. Anything kind of like well executed, but you know, anything that kind of makes you laugh or, you know, grossed out or kind of, you know, the whole that anything that's like irreverent, any like any sort of irreverence is kind of like what I'm drawn to. Gate deck that you owned as a kid that uh, was inappropriate or your parents wouldn't let you have? Oh man, definitely some blind boards. Some of the early, like there were some pretty graphic ones that McKee drew. Um, I just remember this one where it was like the blind reaper ripping out like this baby's eyes and there's just blood kind of squirting out. And I remember we had to go and like do board slides on the rail. My friend had like this little flat, flat rail and I had to go do that so that we could, um, uh, you know, hide it from my parents. But <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. No, I feel like, uh, the graphics from skating translate right over to snowboarding or really just all board sports or expression in modern culture these days um but it's funny like even those world industry graphics um like kids are buying stuff from thrift stores and taking them out to go snowboarding but um it's funny that i mean it's so different in snowboarding i think back in like the 90s and like early 2000s there was still kind of an irreverence about snowboarding that really spoke to kind of the skate culture and but now it's i mean in my opinion a lot of it's gone really really soft because it's grown so mainstream and snowboards are such a big investment for people that brands don't want to really put stuff that at that's as edgy out anymore because you know people people might be offended by it um i remember in two, 2008 or nine i think i was living in burlington and burton put out um two boards one was a playboy centerfold board 
Um, and the other one was like a self mutilation thing. That was actually a, a Todd Bradley graphic. Uh, and there was a like demonstration in front of Burton that was like anti like protesting the fact that they would put that stuff on their board. But, um, people like to talk shit about Burton as not being core, but they pulled the most core move and they were just like, we don't censor art. We support our artists and we're not going to do anything about it. Like that's, kind of your problem not ours if you're upset by this yeah i i worked for them then and those boards were like sold out like this you know they're incredible <laughs> all those boards i mean it was the burton blunt and then the love and they were i mean they already had histories of just amazing graphics on them yuri did you have those boards i had, the, had the love right? i had the last year of the love i had the 50s pinup one i was obsessed like it yeah. was a great board and then once again when snowboard with function meets art uh, what more could you ask for? <laughs> exactly. It's amazing. And then you got to, and because they're, um, you know, it's so seasonal and yearly, it's like, you got to cop that board if you want it. Cause they're not, they're hard to find after that. You know, it's not like they make a million of them. So yeah. Where do you think it's headed in terms of um, not even just graphics, but like sales, like I think snowboarding is in such an interesting place right now. It's kind of a Renaissance, um, but I have no idea where it's going to go next. Um, it's fascinating. Like, what are your thoughts? Yeah, it's funny because I I worked retail for a long time. So I actually um, just stopped working retail. I was working at Tactics for a while and kind of stopped this fall. Um, it's really interesting. Where do I think it's going? I think people are really looking for kind of like a, like a, that clean, like premium look. Um while trying to avoid a premium price, um, there's, you're going to see a lot. I think you're going to see a lot more board companies that are kind of the for everyone board. Um, so you see with Burton, um, Austin Smith and his new project with Eric Pollard, season boards are kind of, I think, going to be a model for brands moving forward as far as like a unisex, multi size kind of um just stripped down board not a whole lot of graphic just something for everybody where um and it, i think at that point it becomes more about access and and having new solid equipment be accessible to everybody um the bummer is i think that the art is and the graphics are going to get pushed by the wayside if you look at a lot of like burton boards um some other brand i'm trying to think like you know, there's some other brands that are just not putting that much, you know, they're trying, they're taking safer routes. Um, Mer Mervin's always been really good at kind of supporting artists. Their boards always have a very distinct art forward look. Um, did you see the K2 uh, skate collab? Yeah, they the Birdhouse is incredible. Yeah, that, that was amazing. And um, I actually, my one of my good friends and buddies that I ride with all the time is... Uh, the Northwest K2 rep. So, and I get, I've seen some of what they're putting out and they're another brand that's making um, big strides to kind of push the art a lot more. Um, they also have a lot of stuff that's kind of toned down, but still has a nice artistic quality to it, but they have a really rad collab with the artist who does passport skateboards and every single one of those boards is incredible looking. So you were talking a little bit about accessibility and um, the snake were the Snake Run Rally is partnering with Snow Days. Yeah, that might actually have been new since the last time we spoke. Um, 
we kind of just it was kind of a bare minimum thing. Like, let's make a race, get our friends to race it and have a good time. Um, but we've kind of always talked about wanting some sort of charitable aspect to it. So kind of a way to give back. Um, but I think that sometimes where that money ends up can trend certain ways. You know, there's some places where money ends up going because that's where other companies are kind of supporting with their charitable outlooks. Um, and we didn't want to just kind of jump on a bandwagon with that. Uh, and snow days actually reached out to us and it was kind of like a no brainer. It's like, yes, let's do that. Whatever you want. Um, being from Baltimore, like, you know, I, I've seen firsthand, like it's, you know, what it's means to be able to go snowboarding and it's definitely privileged. So I think what snow days does as far as, um, getting, people who wouldn't normally have access to the mountains and especially a snowboard that access to get out there is incredible. So that's, yeah, like I said, no brand easy one to get behind. Yeah. That's rad. Will you have like a raffle at the rally too for them? Yeah. So, uh, that's going to be kind of the main aspect is we've, we've done a raffle every year. Um, we are lucky enough to end up with a lot of product and a lot of support from our sponsors. So, um, it ends up being like, too much to kind of break into prize packs for winners. Um, so yeah, we end up just kind of raffling stuff off and it's cool because it also gives people who aren't necessarily the fastest chance to kind of win some stuff at the event and, uh, make it more fun for everybody. So, uh, we're stoked to be able to kind of support snow days with that part of our event. Well, you're going to put some of your art in the raffle. Um, you know, it's funny. I, I've done that before and I really don't like it. I don't think, uh, the problem with it is I rather, I don't want somebody to end up with a piece because they want it. I want them to have wanted it because they liked it and then, um, kind of seek it out. Um, so I've done like some silent auction stuff for some like charity stuff, uh, where I've donated pieces to silent auctions and that's really cool because it's, you know, going to a good cause, but then it's also fun to see people kind of like compete to buy your work, which is, I mean, that always kind of feels good on all, all fronts. So. Yeah. I saw um, when they had the big wave last year um, at Bachelor, they did an auction with a lot of local artists. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think. I don't know if I, I can't remember if I submitted anything to that. I did one. Um, the Dirks and Derby definitely have um, submitted stuff. I, I painted like a uh, split board, like kind of collab with snow planks where they made a split board and then I painted it. So it was kind of like a art piece, but also like a functional split board. Um, and then if I have like some prints like framed up or something, I'll, I'll kind of try to donate them too. Um, but the Derby's also, they used to do like the broken board auction. Um, which was like a really rad kind of night of the event where artists would paint broken boards, snowboards, skateboards, surfboards, and kind of auction them off as art. Um, and that was, uh, you know, raised a lot of money for, you know, I think they were doing protect our winters and um, some other stuff. And uh, that was cool. Cause it was also a judged event and I, I won it the last time they did it, which was pretty rad. Oh my goodness. I want to, I want to see that. 
Yeah, it was um, it was actually a bunch of like broken skateboard decks, kind of all mounted together in one big canvas. Um, I think it's on my website under paintings. So yeah, cool. I saw it before this pod when I was stalking you, and it's very cool. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> it's not hard to find. <laughs> okay, okay. Sorry. <laughs> Um, and you used to do something sort of like that. Like you'd have, um, online art, like people would pay to submit and then, um, people would vote on a winner. I'm butchering. Oh yeah. So the art contest that I was doing at tactics, um, band has first Friday, uh, which is like our art walk. And, um, basically the first Friday of every month, everybody, all the stores downtown kind of open their doors and a lot of them will have like, uh, you know, kind of free drinks, whether it's beer or wine, sometimes it's a cocktail, but the idea is that, um, a lot of businesses show local artists. So getting people in the doors to kind of check out some art. Um, but it was definitely becoming a lot more booze focused and especially at tactics, uh, where I was working it, you know, people were just cycling like for, the free beer because they always knew we had a keg of boneyard. Um, and so I was like, I mean, the shop would be packed. And I was like, if all these people are going to be in here, we need to do something art related. So, um, like I said, it was an idea that I took from this gallery in Burlington that would do it kind of, um, once a month where it's, you know, any medium, any age, any skill level, uh, you pay, I think we did like five bucks. You, pay an entry fee we hang your art we have like a little gallery that we set up and then um basically force people to check it out and then uh <laughs> cast a vote for whatever piece was their favorite and kind of just winner take all ever got the most votes just got a lot of cash uh, but things were for sale too i you know would sell a few pieces people would sell their stuff and so it was just kind of a cool interactive kind of art show experience for one night oh, so rad yeah. And it's a really like easy to duplicate like model and it doesn't take that much work to set up. So anywhere that wants to do it, it's really easy to just, you know, put a flyer out and ask for people to bring their art. Yeah. What, what kind of, or what's uh, some advice you have for like young artists out there in the world? Just keep doing it. Um, it's pretty cliche because in this world that we live in with, um, Instagram, it's kind of people tend to do things and I find myself guilty of it as well, you know, doing it for the gram, but it really, I find it, I think when you're starting out and you want to learn something new, it can be detrimental because I think that it should be a really personal thing um, to kind of make work and learn from yourself and kind of find what that flow is and find what inspires you and find what you'd like to do um, without any input or outside perspective um because that stuff doesn't matter it even you know even that little number of hearts that doesn't it's not a real like tell of anything so um you know i'm sure other artists have the same story where it's like you've posted something and it got a lot of likes or you've worked your butt off on something and posted it and three people see it and you're just like what's up with that but it's it's not real, so it doesn't matter. Um, but, you know, working really hard as far as like, just keeping busy, you know, no one, this is the kind of thing where 
unless you're doing a school project or you're in a class or something, no one's going to tell you to sit down and start drawing. No one's going to tell you to kind of, you know, practice and, and get this done. So you really got to do it for yourself. And then the scariest part is putting yourself out there, like going down to a coffee shop and seeing if they want to hang art and seeing if somebody wants a t-shirt graphic. And, um, my, I was thinking about this today. My grandfather would tell me when I was always like, you want to work for somebody, just go tell me to work for free. And I think that's a really, you know, interesting perspective on it because, you know, obviously people want to get paid and, and you want to put a value on your time and work. But um, sometimes if you're not there yet, you, it's actually helpful to, you know, do it for free, get the experience and, and kind of learn. And eventually you will get that check and you will, you, you know, you'll make that sale. So, I've been an unpaid intern. Um, I don't know what the legality of that kind of stuff is anymore, but I did it. And as some of my, I've learned some of the most, you know, from that, those experiences and, and got experience that maybe I wouldn't have been able to get because I didn't have the experience to become a paid designer for someone. So it's, you know, it, in the, for the right person and the right time in your life and career, I think it's a good, a good move. How do you think that you got some of your bigger clients? Um, honestly, word of mouth, talking to people, networking is honestly a big thing. But I think like the in-person stuff, um, really putting yourself out there. And and I don't know, it's I've kind of it's almost like a sense of shamelessness, but it, not that it should be shameful. But, you know, I've met people before who own companies that I admire or people who are affiliated with somehow. And it's like, I have no problem saying, Hey, I'm a illustrator. Like if you ever need graphics, like here's my work. Um, you know, sometimes I have a pin that I made. That's like a little fish. If I've got it on me, I'll take it off and give it to somebody just kind of like a little, like shrink a reminder. Like, Oh yeah. I met this kid who was a designer. Let's check out his stuff. And, um, hopefully it kind of turns into something or, you know, somebody will notice it and kind of remember you. So, um, but yeah, word of mouth, meeting the right people. It's all about meeting the right people. I've met other artists who swear that the biggest jobs come from partying in a hotel room till, you know, early in the morning with people who are doing cool stuff too. And that's how you make it happen. So everybody's different. Cool. Like you're obviously a creative person and like sometimes these things need, need creative solutions. Like it's not going to be filling out a resume. It's like, yeah, like having a pin and giving it to someone and like, right. I mean, resumes. Yeah, exactly. Like you got to, it's kind of like a show and tell thing for anything creative. You know, the resume doesn't say a lot unless you have like really impressive clients and jobs on there, which especially if you're starting out, you won't. Um, yeah, you need to kind of show what you can do. It's show, not tell kind of deal. Totally. I love it. Yeah. This isn't related to anything at all, but, um, <laughs> what is your favorite pocket snack when you're on the Hill? Oh man, I'm terrible at remembering to bring snacks. <laughs> um, so I can tell you what my favorite are that my friends bring that I mooch off of. Um, and I'm going to say anything like gummy because yeah. it, it will, um, if you're thirsty, it will quench your thirst as well. But I'm also a big fan of the meat stick. <laughs> oh, that's Sounds totally that, weird. It makes you so thirsty. <laughs> yeah. And so you, you sometimes you got to shove a snowball in your mouth, but. 
Do you do you ever find yourself on the chairlift with with those dumplings from Dump City? Uh, no. <laughs> You're not into it. <laughs> um, too many late nights out in Bend, ending at Dump City. That I don't really eat those anymore. <laughs> no. There is a pretty impressive corn dog cart though at Bachelor now, oh. which I have to fight to kind of. I gotta fight the urge on that one, but I didn't know about that. Oh, that's very exciting. It's really big, so you won't miss it if you go up there. <laughs> okay. If you walked in to a warehouse and this guy was like, I need to show you something. And it was like pretty much every piece that you had ever sold, like physical piece. Like there was like food carts and they were just like all in there. And that was his warehouse. Would you stay and hang out with this guy or would you leave? Sounds like a cool warehouse. I don't know. Probably stay. <laughs> I mean, is he weird? Is he like a weirdo? Is he, he got what? a motive? I mean, he's probably wants you like yeah. for his last piece. Oh, like it's my work. Yeah, dude. Every single thing you've done. Oh, so now I see kind of like a Buffalo Bill situation. So you got to tread lightly. <laughs> I might look into it. I might hang out for a minute. <laughs> Have you ever had any crazy fans that? Um... No. <laughs> no. Um, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> this uh, one over here. <laughs> my my work attracts, you know, like a, a nice humble client. I think. Uh, yeah, no one. Definitely, there's there's definitely been you know some uncomfortable times where you're at like an event or something where your work is hanging and somebody gets a little loaded and is kind of talking your ear off and you're just like, all right, dude, like I appreciate it, but done talking to you kind of deal so i don't know i try to be nice to everybody because impressions are everything i don't want people to like my work and think i'm a dick and not like it anymore so do my best but you know it's kind of the classic like like sober person talking to a drunk person is kind of always i mean i don't know how people do it if they're you know sober and at a bar or something so everyone's annoying (laughs) yeah yeah Do you have a favorite strain from Tokyo Starfish? I don't smoke weed anymore. So no. Yeah. I used to be uh, really good at it and then I stopped and then my art became a lot more productive. So it works for a lot of people. It doesn't work for me. So that's, that's the fun other hypocrisy with my work, especially (laughs) with that client. Yeah. Uh, Um, That like adds like a better layer. Like it just makes it so much better. Yeah, I guess like on one hand, I'm kind of a poser, but I heard it said recently um, on another podcast I was listening to. Oh, with Johnny Knoxville, he was asked about weed if he if he smokes weed. And he basically said, I love the idea of it, but I can't do it. And I think that perfectly sums up the way I feel as well. (laughs) Yeah, I feel that way about a lot of stuff. (laughs) Um, and then my last, it's not really a question. Um, my dude, my, was looking at your work and we have like a semi-old caddy, like a 2004. And he says, if you find yourself in New York, maybe you want to paint the caddy, the pin, like pinstripe it a little bit. I would absolutely love to pinstripe the caddy. So anytime. <laughs> yeah. Cool. The, the brushes are small, so they travel easily. Cool. All right. Well, yeah, you should let us know. All right. 
Um, thanks so much, dude. Like we respect yeah. you. We love your work. Um, yeah, we, and now we're best friends and we'll see you on the hill. I love it. Hit me up. Let's go spread. I'm honored to be here. So, you know, whenever you awesome. know where to find me. <laughs> no, come to my warehouse full of your stuff. All oh. right. <laughs> You'll have a Halloween costume for next year. Thanks for checking in to working for that snow podcast. I'm Mary. You can find me on Instagram at powdermt. And I'm Grandma, and you can find me at Grandma Samomo on the Instagram. And I'm Yuri. You can find me on the internet with the handle at Stoked on Ice. You can find Working for That Snow on Instagram under Working for That Snow. No G. The Working for That Snow podcast is available on all streaming platforms. Please subscribe, rate, and share with the whole universe. That was a good goodbye.